0: This is a headgum podcast.
1: Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the Headgum Podcast Network. This is the show where Billy and
2: I take a topic oh so loosely and talk about our previous, present, and future relationship to it. Today's topic was optimism, and our guest was Mike Falzone. We hope you enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Welcome back. This is the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafuri. I am Adam Lustig. And it is yet another episode, Mr. Lustig. Mr. Skifuri. we're here for another one. How, does, how did your week find you?
1: Are you uh, healthy and happy? Yeah, I'm healthy and as happy as one could reasonably expect to be uh, with a faulty body, uh, a rapidly moving mind uh, that is sometimes both uh, beneficial but sometimes gets in my own way. But yeah, I'm happy and healthy, Bill. Okay. How sound- are you?
2: Um, I'm not as self-aware as you are. <laughs> well, you are very uh, checked in with how you're I'm feeling and your, your deficiencies and yes. what you could get better at. Yes, yes. I'm perfectly neutral.
1: Great. Welcome to our podcast, Perfectly Neutral, where we take no stances on anything. (laughs) Perfectly neutral. Perfect neutrality. Last week, we didn't have a guest. And boring. Uh, Boring. Although we did discuss motivation. Which is the opposite of boring. Exactly. And I am awfully, we are awfully motivated by our guest this week, who is a friend and fellow artiste, Mike Falzone. Hey, hey, now I talk. Hey, yeah, now you
0: talk. <laughs>
3: <Hey>. <laughs> thanks for having me on. I'm it a big fan of your podcast. I'm a big fan of you as people. Yes. Big fan likewise. Of your That's That's likewise. That flows hey, both
1: thanks, ways, man. my friend. Great. Um, you have, I mean, like, uh, we didn't really sort of give you the proper introduction, but you That's are, it. you know, YouTube celebrity, musician, oh. and comedian, and author. actor, and writer, and author. Sure. Um, and you literally, it's, it appears to the outsider, do everything.
3: Oh, man. <laughs> Well, I I always wanted to avoid being the kind of person that s- says they do everything that they do. Because after a while, you just stop believing. Right. You know when somebody hands you a business card and you're like, I'm a writer, producer, actor, and right. I film stuff. I edit a little bit. Like you, Well, you're not good at
1: it. <laughs> like, Excuse me, sir or ma'am. Pick one. Pick right, one. Right. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> Unless you're trying to do YouTube stuff for a living and then you have to do you everything must. proficiently. But that's sure. true.
2: That is like our generation of comedians came up in this way where it was – 10 years before us, if you were a comedian, stand-up comedian, before the alt scene really started popping off with the Mm -hmm. UCBs of the world, you had to go on national tours and just let people know who you are by just doing your act over and over and over again, hammer Mm -hmm. away and hammer away. And then just the slow advent of the internet came around and it was like, I don't have to be great at all of these things, but if I learn enough little tricks, Mm -hmm. I can be this new comedian. Yeah. And that's what the three of us kind of have built our careers on, Mm -hmm. is being able to edit a little bit and write a little bit and perform a lot. Yeah. And just let our charm fly.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully. Best case scenario. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, But you, I mean, you, Mike, I happen to know that you have been like a musician and sort of performing as a musician since you were a teenager yeah
3: since i was a tiny man wow
1: Um, how did that what were the origins of that i mean were your was your your folks into it did you have siblings that uh, kind of rubbed you into it
3: my mom and dad aren't musical per se my dad was always uh he would always sing in a group with his with his two other brothers cool and uh his uh Oldest brother Tommy was the like musician of the family, cool. and he even to this day he does like Beatlemania stuff. And what stuff? What do you? That's mean, where you uh, stuff? where you impersonate a Beatle, huh. and then you pick a time frame, and then you play music with other people doing that. Where that is this? A, is this
2: a time and place? Do you go to like? upstate new york to do this or is this across no, the country they,
3: i mean they they tour all the local places like you know uh we were just talking about toad's place they would play toad's place they play beatles conventions they play you know just anywhere where people are outside having like a community day your uncle Tommy tommy's is
1: it yeah. Now, which Beatle is your uncle Tommy? Does he's it, Paul. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Does he do like a Paul? Is, is he do? Is it like about he's, how good your impression is? Is that what it's about? It's kind of.
3: Uh, I, <laughs> people probably go for all different reasons. Yeah. I went to to hear Beatles songs and to hear people sound like the Beatles. Yeah. So if they looked like it, it was kind of like whatever. I'll sit in the back. <laughs> it
1: doesn't matter. <laughs> um, if but, you close your eyes. It's the Beatles. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
3: that's the thing. If you close your eyes, my uncle was uh, Paul McCartney, and he's left-handed and he plays the Hofner bass. Okay. So. Um, uh, that was like his leg up on everybody you would cool. you would see somebody who looked exactly like Paul McCartney but they would be from Detroit and they would play the bass right handed exactly. <laughs> sorry so jeff close.
1: yeah yeah your yeah. uncle had like more of the critical pieces of authenticity
3: all right where's that uh italian tommy guy yeah. we need a we need a convincing beatle
2: <laughs> but <laughs> shout out your uncle tommy cuz there's nothing for me at least more fun than seeing adults doing what they love yeah the sure the older you get the easier it is to be cynical and to just Complain and roll your eyes and just sure. tease everyone else who's doing what they actually love. Yeah. But those adults who say, I love the Beatles and I don't care if I might seem silly to some, yeah. this is living my best life. Yeah. Shout out Uncle Tommy Dude, for doing well, that's, it.
3: I mean, that's really no different from what we're doing, yeah, it's true. If, I, if I'm to go up to any stranger in a CVS and be like, I, I don't know why you would have this conversation, <laughs> but I make YouTube videos, you know, where you watch like silly cat shit or whatever. I put a lot of effort into like yeah. making two weekly videos. Blah, blah. Like no one's going to understand. It's going to seem silly. But it's what, um, you know, just like you guys have to perform because right. you're artists and you have that in you and it needs to come out. Right. True. Shit.
1: But do you still feel like that people, that there is still a sort of lack of general comprehension? Oh yeah, there
3: will always be that.
1: You think so? And like, even like as YouTube <laughs> enters, it's sort of like, sort of beyond just its infancy and in like nascent stages now. And like, a YouTuber is a little bit more in the colloquial. Our guest a couple of weeks ago, Mamrie Hart, who I yeah, like, you know, yeah. was great. And like the Shorty Awards are a thing. And like these things are sort of, it, do you think it's bubbling to mainstream popular culture in a way that people you won't have to stop people in a cvs and explain what you do exactly
3: i think more people understand it now you know more than ever but there there's always going to be a a massive amount of the population who doesn't
1: you make cat videos yeah what is it yeah yeah so how cute, you need- is, yeah, how yeah. cute <laughs> is your dog
3: um <laughs> no I, because there's so much stuff you know yeah and tv is very like understood um, there's programming, and then people give you the program, and like the TV's been around forever. Mm-hmm. But like this thing is, is still growing, and you know, it's, it, it's halfway between like there's all these people saying, Oh, the YouTube bubble's gonna pop, and, and all this stuff. And then I always go back to like, Why didn't the TV bubble pop? Right, right. And it's much different, but I think it's gonna be around for a while.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
3: People understand it more as it goes
2: this is the no joke podcast uh we like to talk about our previous our current and our future history with uh the topic at hand Mm -hmm. today's topic is optimism there it is yeah all i would say that one of the first times i met adam his just kind of optimism or his positivity just jumps off the kid hell yeah this was 13 years ago in new york he was still at nyu and i was watching him in a play (sighs) and i was just like that guy is great energy Mm -hmm. moved to la ten years later playing basketball with a random group of guys mike falzone is on the court and it was the same thing where it's like that is some good energy (laughs) right some sweet ass energy dude dude that's all you can ask
3: for
0: that's the best i
2: agree and but it's rare man yeah it's rare that people check in with being optimistic and the value that comes with it and the things that come from it yeah i mean i surround myself i've tried to at least with optimistic good energy people yeah. because it ultimately makes me feel better and got more done. Yep. Yeah, you really do. It's true. Yeah. You
3: has have that been about like
2: has that always been your kind of like general state as a kid? Did you always try and find the best side of the situation?
3: Uh probably um Sometimes more than others. I think I would get down a lot as a kid. Like I, you know, I was a chubby kid and I was picked on. And like I come from. Could you swear on your podcast?
2: You can do what you need. We
3: to do. okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I come from a from a spot where I was I was picked on a lot as a little kid, and then I would always have a big group of friends because I always tried to be funny. I always tried to like mm-hmm. everyone and make sure everyone's included. Yeah. But the thing that would come with that is everyone they w- would say that they were your friend, and then they would go off, and maybe it wouldn't uh, be that way behind big your back. Friends, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, no new.
2: No
0: yeah. new, uh,
3: big friends. We're just what like to say. <laughs> yeah. um, And then, like, I would. I got really into music, and then none of my friends thought that was cool. Hmm. You know, n- not like it is now. I feel like if you have a Mac and you're 13 years old, right. like you could have a full band and you could sign <laughs> like so that.
1: Good. I'm a mogul. I'm right. a music mogul.
3: Exactly. Yeah. But I remember bringing my CD. In to like show my friends and I would do all the art and I would put the sticker on the yes, CD. Yes, and like, oh, well, you're a faggot.
1: <laughs> right? well, oh. I just tried so much. yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I love that they, it like came to them like a conclusion like, oh, oh, this is what you are. Right, oh, now right. I understand. Exactly. And
3: I never understood that at all. Yeah. Um, and then I think, you know, you kind of you find a point where you got to make your own happiness. Yep. And I think um, skipping forward a bunch of years, my kind of consistent. Optimism And the, the type that I check in with all the time is when I was um, 25, 26, I got like real sick, mm. like stupid sick, like almost lost my life in the hospital twice mm. within three weeks.
2: What was it, if you don't mind me asking?
3: Oh, man. I, uh, uh, it started with like an appendicitis type thing. Mm. And... If that bursts inside of you, that's bad. Mm-hmm. That's uh, It causes like a sepsis of your whole body. Mm-hmm. And that's like breaking a bag of poison inside of oh you. Oh, my God. So that happened. Uh, it actually – I was on the operating table and it like – it blew up on the operating. No way! Too. Yeah, it was bad news. I I waited appendicitis, way Appendicitis
2: is that one of those things that arrives like you find out the day before? Like you almost go into the. Ho- I, I I never heard a story where it's like, well, we caught appendicitis months in advance. Oh no! No it's no, usually no. It's usually like, like, just like something hurts. Right up, I go it. to the hospital. You have appendicitis. Your stomach's need- real
3: bad, and then it turns into a pain like you've never felt before, and you're like, oh, there's nothing I have in my house that could do anything for this, right? And then I actually went to the walk-in. Uh, they don't know what a walk-in is here. The urgent care. Yes, yes. man. Okay, cool.
1: My, my I parents think it's would an East refer- thing. Yeah, my parents would always call it the Doc in the Box. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my parents would only ever call it. <laughs> it's a, like, th- stop making it playful. It's pain. It's about <laughs> right. pain and surgery. To be fair, it's it's
3: the Doc in the Strip Mall. Yeah. It's that one. Yeah. Uh, so I went there, passed out in the bathroom.
1: Wow.
2: And
3: then I woke up to somebody telling me, hey, the ambulance is on their way because you're in bad shape. Oof.
2: There's... Worse places to pass out in a bathroom than a sure. doctor's office. Every other place. Yes. yes.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Frankly, the best bathroom that <laughs> yeah. you could faint in yeah, is I a did, doctor's I did bathroom. great that day, for sure. <laughs>
3: yeah. um, they took me to the hospital. Uh, I exploded on the operating table, as
1: you do. Sorry to get uh, graphic, but what is no, that physically? Ahead. What is that physically? You know, I don't know. Like? Okay, but
2: it doesn't uh, matter because you can say it.
3: Yes, yeah. that's really all that. Matters. I
2: literally exploded when I was <laughs> twenty-five. My guts exploded.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't have any memories of like any shows that I've been in, but yeah. I can tell you I performed in front of fifty. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I did. I don't know if so it was good. So yeah. um, But they told me I was usually it's a small incision, or they're able to do it laparoscopically. Um, and you don't see as many people with like the hook scar mm-hmm. anymore, but they had me open from like, like almost like a cesarean wow. like a, from here to here, Holy crap. uh, which is a great thing to say in a podcast. <laughs> and, um, from about
1: here, just for you listeners, it's about from here just to about here. Yeah, it's about a like, picture here and then over there. Is where we're
3: at. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was the first time I almost died, came out of that. Um, they sent me, I was in the hospital for about a week because it did cause a sepsis. I had all these like, Oy.
0: Poison everywhere
3: I had poison everywhere And they had to get it out And I was hooked up to like A couple IVs at a time And this is in Connecticut? This is in Connecticut Went home Had kidney stones twice That
1: week
2: Unrelated. Un- just like kind of related. Ish. I don't I, know exactly yeah.
3: how, but th- certain things happen when shit fucks up and right. then all of your shit goes wrong, right. which right. I think is what the doctors said. <laughs> that,
1: that's what the urgent care doctors say. <laughs> that's all they're qualified to say. Your shit's fucked up and shit's going to go wrong from now on. So
3: you better get out of the bathroom. <laughs> exactly. um, so so, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, towards the end of the week I was home, I woke up and it hurt to breathe. Oh. And I was like, well, that isn't normal at all. I was kind of on the couch all week. Um, it hurt my shoulder to breathe. And we were at the point where like, sometimes you go in and out of the hospital so much and you're talking with your parents. I was staying with them at the time and they were like, we're not going to guess anymore. Like this could be that, like, there's no guessing you're a regular person. There's a hospital full of doctors. Like they need to tell you what's wrong. So we called and they said, we think you might have a a blood clot in Mm -hmm. your lung. So you need to come in now. Yes. So this is the second time I almost died Gosh. because that was the case. And I had a blood clot in my lung. Your lung is an end organ, which means that's where blood clots go to kill you. Uh,
1: <laughs> and so if I've never went, heard that term before. An end, end organ.
3: organ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, could be making it up, but I'm pretty sure that's what they said. <laughs> and uh, that was the second time. And then I just remember I was in the hospital for another week. And by the end of that week, I was hooked up to four IVs at all times. Okay. And there was a, a point where I just kind of like lost it and I I broke down and I was like all of my friends, I was 25, all of my friends are getting married, having jobs, like starting families. And I'm here like hooked up to these tubes and I've had doctors tell me that I was close to death. And I was like, I want to live, you know, in general. yes, I want to live life. I want to live the life that all my friends are living and I want to like there's so much that I want to do that I haven't done. God and, bless you,
2: Mike Falzone. Uh, that's such a... Hey, you man. can you can go one of two ways. You can go, <laughs> woe is me, and say, well, everybody already won the race. Or yeah. you can say, today is my day to thank my lucky stars that Hell I'm still yeah. here and make the best out of it.
3: When you're in a hospital and you don't know if you're going to get out, that's fucked up. Yeah. Man. And uh, it Makes really is like a prison. Yeah. And you're kind of like, you're only around for as long as your body wants to hang out. Yeah.
2: So. Well, it's incredible that you... That you resonate to me as such a positive, shining light with that behind you. I'd say we talk about uh, our current situations with optimism and how we use it in our careers and our daily lives. After this break, we're going to (laughs) play two of your songs because your music is beautiful.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Simultaneously.
2: It's Um, like an Andy Warhol experience. What song song would you like to play in the the first act break?
3: Let's go, in case our audience retention doesn't stay where it should, let's go with you and me first. Great. This is
2: Mike Falzone's You and Me.
0: (laughs) Thanks. All you have to do to stop me from leaving I'm saying that you don't want me to go As soon as I got my own plane ticket On the low with my name in it your hand was You don't want to love me free It's a shame Oh, and I don't mean to stand cold and blind Haven't forgotten the things that you chose to leave behind I don't want to be alone When you go, take it slow, think it over Coins with the laundry. We may not have dough. This. To leave behind. I don't want to be alone when you go. Take it slow, think it over. It This time, like every other time.
1: Welcome back to the No Joke Podcast with Billy and Adam. This is my radio DJ voice, which I like to put on. We come back from a sweet track by Mike Falzone. You and Me. Track. That's right. That was yeah. You and Me. That
2: was Mike Falzone. This is the No Joke Radio
1: Hour. Like, <laughs> you're so, like, almost rudely talented at music. Um, That's, I'll
3: stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I have stopped. Yeah. Kind of music stopped yeah. coming. What do you mean? Um, ever since I, I've been trying to do the comedy thing, uh, over the past seven years, a lot more. And, uh, just the more you do stand up, I feel like the, my thought process has changed. It's like, if I think of something mm-hmm. that's worth making something out of, I'm mm-hmm. like, is this a tweet or is this a, uh, video or is stand up or, and like songs are the last thing on the list. That's for interesting. Yeah.
1: Isn't that also sort of unique to our generation of create tours, which mm-hmm. is like, you can pick the medium that suits the idea it's not like you know we're like you know mort saul or like you know woody allen back in the day where it's like i have an idea it's like either an essay for the new yorker or it's like a joke on the sid caesar show it's like this is a song it's for my podcast it's for my youtube channel it's like there's many different outlets that you could sort of put your creativity in yeah yeah
3: and i think some people get messed up when they let the outlet uh mold the the thing yeah and they, you know, it is a whole different party. What do you mean by it that? Here. Um, I've read this article recently that we're talking about like YouTuber specific stuff. And it's almost like uh, certain people feel like they need to change what they do to mm. be able to pay for what they do. Like if you want the brand deals coming in, you have to have a certain amount of things. Got it. I had somebody, uh, close to me in the business world recently tell me that my channel was the antithesis of what brands would want. Oh, cool. Oh, that's nice. That's and sweet. then, uh, yeah and that was I,
2: meant to be a compliment i nope and oh, i have to take it as one
3: it was i did <laughs> and then uh maybe we don't work together so much anymore uh I mean,
2: harvard sailing team sorry to interrupt no, 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 but harvard ahead. sailing team when we started kind of turning into something that people might want about five years seven <laughs> six years into our thing we would be approached by managers, and their first uh, sentence to us was, "You guys are great. There's no way to manage you or get any sort of business done from you. There's too many. There's just there's no way of doing it." Right. People suggested splitting us in half and sending us on two separate tours simultaneously. Right. And ultimately, us being such a massive group became our calling card, and it was what ultimately made us an entity yeah it's the same and then they immediately and people people bend to you you know if you want to be authentic if you want to like stay true to whatever you are actually doing and you don't want to just be a trendy just chasing what's hot yeah man just stay real
3: and like i'm not gonna fucking give people long distance relationship advice and then in the middle of that say like and if you want to buy these fucking shoes
2: right
1: seems insincere
3: yeah i did it as a joke one i did it as like a kind of a
1: uh-huh. One of these Like a wink wink Liz yeah, Lennon yeah, Product yeah. placement kind
3: right, of thing exactly. Right exactly But I mean if you're, if your brand Is being genuine and transparent You can't like You have to be genuine Transparent about everything Right And I was having A money person give me um, Creative notes And I'm too old for, for that. that I'll take creative notes From creative people All exactly. day Exactly
2: right. I want that Yeah, yeah. Right this, you, Sorry No no you Bill You're, YouTube you're trying people. to lie no,
3: to each other yeah, You guys yeah. gotta cut each other At some point <laughs>
2: We've, uh, we've talked about your YouTube channel, but what do you primarily do on your YouTube channel for the people at home?
3: Um, I I guess broad strokes, you could say comedy and then it's like humorous life advice, Right, but it's not like, um, blowing hot air life advice and it's, that's
2: what makes you different yes
1: no, go on no i mean this is what is really really no billy i'll go on <laughs> <laughs> we can be rude this is rude. exactly <laughs> how i thought it was gonna be i'll go on thank you please, and i love <laughs> you <laughs> um you you're yeah with I, I mean that's what like sort of i find super compelling about you and like your the blurring of your private life and your real authentic personality mike falzone and like yeah. capital m f Mike Falzone, mm-hmm. YouTube personality, and how there doesn't really seem to be a difference or like me- like when your brand just is your authentic self yeah, yeah, and yeah. how noble I think that is. Well, just,
3: it's it's either noble or it's being a shitty actor. One you know? of the two.
1: Maybe it's both. <laughs> well, maybe it's both, actually. Yeah.
3: It's right there in the middle.
1: Yeah. Did you ever consider sort of a a YouTube uh, or, or like an artistic output that was deliberately separate from yourself or was that heightened or a character or more theatrical in a way
3: um that's always where uh i kind of have a blockage mm. uh ever since um you know i was signed with an mcn and ever since i, I moved out here and even before i moved out here an there mcn
2: was... is a multi-channel network sure where they will collect a bunch of youtubers and yeah. try and get them work
3: and and uh yes that's what they <laughs> keyword trend. um s- most of the time they don't try to get them work they try to help facilitate larger things and maybe unlock doors that the creator can't do and, and build bridges and what have you at, mm-hmm. at their best. So everyone's always uh, asking me for scripts and I have managers asking me for scripts and I would love to do that. But that's kind of like, uh, I don't know that I work that w- we've had this conversation. We've before. Had this conversation People are like before. we want to essentially give you a show or see if we can give you a show. What does that look like? And I'm like, I will let you know Right. <laughs> and we don't talk. Ever again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I would love to, you know act in something right. or uh or whatever it just hasn't been that hasn't been the path that i've taken yeah fortunately or unfortunately
2: yeah but i think that's it, it just goes to show how far optimism will take us in that like if we can't even say what our end game is but we just know that we want to be doing these things it's just it's being an artist yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. you know and it's like listen i don't know business-wise what you want me to do that's going to make you a lot of money and potentially me. I'm just doing what feels natural. Yeah, and yeah, maybe yeah. if that collides with big business, great. Right. But right now, I got to stick to what's getting me here in the first place. Yeah. yeah, and it's
1: amazing that your brand brand I feel like an asshole. No, no, no. Again, you can't not sound like an asshole. Right, song. right, right, uh, right. But it's like your your persona or your art has become your optimism. I mean, that yeah. is. It's almost like that is what. You are, as Mike, the human, and as Mike, sort of the artist. Yeah, man. You're this I, perpetually optimistic and um, sort of life-affirming guy. So, so
0: truly,
2: are you, so Adam. So are you. Well, Do you really is. are. Thanks, Bill. I mean, Takes uh, one to know. <laughs> I, well, I, I, I'm just realizing that you very much are. And we've done shows. Harvard Design Team has done shows in the worst of environments. We've probably performed <laughs> at the same arenas. And Adam will always find something so fun about <laughs> oh, the moment, though. Yeah. We've performed. There's nine people in our group. We've performed to three. Oh,
3: yeah yeah and when the, when the, the band outnumber.
1: oh it's the, the best three to one uh, it's like, who's, who's 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 watching who who's the audience
2: for who at that point yeah. and,
3: well that's when you rob them
2: and yeah. you could <laughs> <laughs> odds are in your favor oh but it's the best to be surrounded by people who are like well this on paper sucks <laughs> obviously like yeah. we can all agree that the situation sucks yeah However, why does it feel so good? And that's where Adam Lustig <laughs> yeah. shows. We, why does it feel so nice? I mean, we've done, if you've auditioned for commercials before, they are the most humiliating, <laughs> like <laughs> belittling. Yeah, they can be degrading. Very degrading. But man, if Adam still doesn't <laughs> find a way of telling the stories about how he was so humiliated oh, I love it. in the funniest way. Yeah. I love it. He just, I mean, he'll get, hum- he would, you know, Adam was a singing telegram.
3: Oh, I listened to that podcast oh, did three you? times. Oh,
2: oh, wow. Oh, yeah, for a bunch of years. And I think yeah. you need to find the the bright side of life when yeah. you're doing a job that incredibly silly. Yes, yeah. I'm well-versed in, in
1: being humiliated and being embarrassed.
3: You even – I saw a, uh, uh, a show recently where you talked about a past situation. What oh, yeah?
0: That? The, the... – Oh, yeah. At the oh, improv. Right. It
1: was uh, Danny, our, our mutual friend Danny Lobel's yep. uh, storytelling, improvised storytelling show yeah. that was at the improv lab. Yeah. And I told a story that, it, for the life of me, I can't even remember. You were in a
3: shitty situation where you had to pick up a chicken or something like that. And you were afraid of chickens.
1: Yes. Or that, something. That's right. Well, Billy was there. Yeah, that
2: was wild. Why
1: did you pick up that? Why chicken? did I pick up that chicken? It was like I had always been doing it, and I hate animals. I'm not.
2: Yeah, I'm not asking the question. Like, let's try and put back the pieces. Why you were holding chicken? Why you don't like animals at all? Also, you chicken?
1: don't have to do that. You don't at all.
2: We're at Why? a house, a big, pretty house. Yeah. And a chicken walks in. Yeah. It was like <laughs> a big sort every... of farmland. It was very bucolic. Sure. But the people there weren't farmers. They True. were us. <laughs> and a chicken walks in, and everyone's like, oh, oh, God, why is there a chicken in here? And Adam. <laughs> like it's and, a rat. Adam's yeah. pretty frenetic, or like a pretty like high energy guy. Yeah, and he anxious. He almost dropped down to a level of zen that I've never seen his <laughs> body act like before. And he walked up to this chicken, and he just picked up this live chicken. And he just looked at us, and he's like, where should I put this chicken? <laughs> And I was like, that's some guy named Ron in Adam's body right now. Exactly. I was fully possessed by a
1: chicken comfortable man <laughs> yeah. named Ron.
3: Hey man, where I put this fucking chicken. where I put this chicken? At. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> so where y'all want this chicken? Where y'all want this chicken at so real. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You don't I awesome. suppose you don't know what with optimism comes a sort of a, maybe like a secret source of strength that you don't know. And this is what kind of I also admire. And maybe where you and I would sort of differ a little bit, Mike, which is that you you do sort of give life advice, for lack of a better word, and like you act as a Nothing, sort of life guide.
3: Right. I will say that I don't. I have a couple of rules that yeah. I follow, and I don't talk about shit I don't know about or haven't had some kind of personal experience. Yes. With. Right. So I think that's where a lot of other people go wrong is they talk about, hey, you should do this. I've never been in your situation, but that's probably
2: when you know, Adam whatever. and I set out to do the No Joke podcast. That was one thing that we wanted to make very clear: is that whatever we're talking about, we've had. We'll only talk about our experiences. Yeah. The second you fake being an expert, You're done. you just talk about it. It's like, there are actual experts. Yeah, right. You can't maintain fake expert status forever. No, You're going to no. reveal yourself in like nine words. To be right, right. You know? Exactly. It's like this could be a science podcast, but Neil deGrasse Tyson knows <laughs> yeah. what he's talking about. That's yeah. right. Listen for, to his instead.
3: For SourceFed, I have to do a uh, – it, it's kind of like a comedy news YouTube channel. It's been around forever. And they have me do these things called White Walls, which is me delivering humorous news with another person. And I mean like – I have to read everything 75 times because I don't know shit about shit as far as like podcasts or science,
2: uh huh. News. Right. I
3: haven't had cable since I was like fucking 15. All no. you
2: have is experience.
3: Yeah. That's all I got.
2: Just putting your head down and walking around this earth, and just yeah. collecting stories. Everything
3: on either comes back to like, oh, I, something happened with me once, or you know, wrestling is
1: crazy, <laughs> right? <laughs> are your two main modes That's of really advice. everything. That's really
2: everything. It's like one of those charts where it's like, <laughs> yes or no is the two answers, and you keep following <laughs> your answer, bit. and it always just ends at. Did you know wrestling was amazing? <laughs> yeah.
0: Wrestling's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, Mike, you're <laughs> about to go on tour. Small uh, tour, yeah. Small tour, Northeast, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, let people know what's popping over there.
3: Okay. So we have uh, me, Elliot Morgan. We have the show called "The Life Is Beautiful,"
2: oh, show
3: that. and tour, and it's because his comedy is very kind of like morose and uh, <laughs> low energy. But he's an amazing storyteller, and he talks about sad shit, but it'll have you in stitches. And then I'm kind of like <laughs> he describes me as the warm cup of cocoa of comedy. Sure, and it's um, very
2: welcome. You are also
3: I'm kind of starting to get typecast into like stoner comedy, but I have like two weed jokes. But you have I guess long-haired. that's all. It's your hair, it's just your hair right. and beard. Well, half of my set, more than half, 75% of my set is looking like this. and Which is what, a And my last name rhymes with a food. Calzone. And I get 30 minutes out of I'll both tell of you, those that, That's a
1: career right there. Right. Yeah.
3: So we're going to uh, Creek and Cave uh, in Long in, Island City. Long Island yeah. City. Big on Queens,
1: baby. Love that place. One were. of
3: the first places I ever did stand up.
1: They rubbed up that downstairs zone. It's like a party chill zone now. Yeah. It's like
2: all souped up. That was the second place Adam and I ever did two-man stand-up together.
3: Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Love oh, the crazy I love your show. Uh, last time I saw you, it was just the three of you guys, and it was awesome.
2: Yeah. Oh, what with oh yeah, snakes when we performed at UCB oh, with a seated, seated rap show. That's right, a seated.
3: So there's that one. There's a uh, levity live in Nyack which is in the Palisades Mall. It's a big 300 person theater. It's wow. beautiful. Uh, Acoustic Cafe in Bridgeport, Connecticut, which is kind of like my hometown show, which is sold out. Hey, oh. now. And now all of my friends are texting me and, and like, hey, can we get tickets? Yeah. Second for about night. four weeks you could have gotten
0: tickets yeah yeah exactly um,
3: so we'll figure something else out there and then we come back and uh, before we leave is actually the show that I'm the most nervous about and that's we're in the main room at the improv this cool. Thursday oh. yeah and um, my favorite it, that's this Thursday you right uh, but this it'll probably, be last
2: Thursday. This was yeah. last Thursday.
3: I did great. Yeah. Um, but Andrew Santino is also on that show and he is one of my favorite comedians in general right now, but also uh, who is also a friend of mine. And I've it was one of my like two or three uh, lofty L.A. dreams to do stand up with him
1: nice. at some
3: point. And uh, now it's happening like three years in, so awesome, I Mike. two more dreams to go, and then I'm moving back.
1: Okay.
2: Then I kill myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I led a great life. <laughs> that's great. Check it out. And you have an app that people can get all the information. Oh Is yeah,
3: right? I I don't publicize it because I sound like an asshole every time I say well, it. Well, I already started it. Go so ahead like and an check out my app.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absol.
3: <laughs> and that's why you guys are doing so well. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, it's just the Mike Falzone app. It's on Android and uh, the other one.
2: Badass. What's Apple. the second song you want to play? In the two hole
3: okay uh there's another song called you've got me thinking which is a song i did with a friend of mine andrew huang and uh it's fun
2: okay we like fun stuff we'll listen to you've got me thinking it's fun
0: Men keep their brain in their pants to protect it from the elements. Girls are always busy getting hung up on their elegance. And they get confused when we say something rude and you're giving us attitude. But you got me thinking this could be love, this could be better. This one could be out of my league, but I can get her. This one's gonna eat me alive if I let her. But I'm taking a break from one of the eight that I've been talking to tonight. You got me thinking, maybe I could stop my thinking true love tonight you've got me acting like the sun's not coming back to light the world you've got me thinking that's alright. i found you 10 o'clock with a bunch of other guys around you take a shot Think of something maybe to astound you But I got a in my being, so I'm bound to Fuck it up, if it goes anyway I think you're pretty and I wanna take a picture of your smile Been looking for a girl like you for a while Forgiveness, sorry, but it's time for business Proceed to my future with the Christmas This man or the other ones, can you? Start a forest fire from the candle Can you see me looking at you? And believe me, we'd be better than a million each this me, baby Thinking around with you with yeah. your drive, excited, cause anytime I'm with you, I'm feeling so high, we could be pilots, you and I, we could be constellations. you're making me feel this patient, but you're waiting, and I'm saying, you got me thinking about the time we might be wasting, I don't know why you wanna play around, in my arms it could be safe and sound, there's no other way to break it, break it down. You keep waiting for the right time, but if it's not mine, I'm gonna stop trying, I'm Stop my thinking This might be true love
1: That was Mike Falzone and Andrew Huang with You've Got Me Thinking. Great so me tune, know. Mike. Hey, thanks so much. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I already miss your music now that you're – So when you go on this tour See, that you're going – See, that's to have to be missing it.
3: I've been on two podcasts recently that have talked about my musical career and wanting to know a lot about it and, like, origins behind songs and all this stuff, and I was like, this is what I wanted for 15 years.
2: Isn't that funny? And
3: then you stop doing it and and – Just this week alone, I think hundreds of thousands of people have learned my entire backstory as a musician.
2: But that's great, and you know that's that's true of our podcast too. We made four albums; the most recent one being maybe like four years ago or something. Years ago, yeah. And we then decided to make this podcast because we realized that there's still a huge body of work that we've done that people may not have heard. Yeah, hell yeah. And it's also really healthy to kind of unbox the things that you have made and Mm -hmm. reshare them with people, and you know, not to just let them exist for that one time and place, but to kind of Think about them.
3: Especially now when there's so much stuff. If you're proud of that stuff, you'll be proud of it forever. Exactly. And
2: the internet is such a paper trail for good and bad. But mm-hmm. when it comes to making stuff, if you constantly are making things you're proud of, like you talked about, yeah, where it was just not selling shoes in the middle of a sincere video or something, then you're going to like your paper trail and you're going to want to continually talk about it years later. I say so that's that why yeah. So that's why I think it's awesome that people are finding your music now that they maybe never heard of Sure, because you're still proud of it so it still stands the test of time and yeah. that's true of our art, I would say.
1: And people are complicated and we are many, many we are a myriad of things and you are a musician and you are a comedian and you are neither of those things, you know, it's yeah. all sort of a part of you and yeah, I think it's I do think it has been sort of cathartic to, like, honor this weird Snakes catalog
2: through this weird podcast that we've been doing. And it must be similar to you.
3: Yeah. I've uncovered uh, more Snakes songs as as time goes on.
2: I'm proud of it. You know, and when you do it, you just say, like, this is funny, and this is just kind of happening now, but we have shows tomorrow, and we have to go here tomorrow. But... It's so wonderful to just say we've always been proud of our work. Yeah, Hell yeah. It's not just the time and place like right now where we're saying in this studio, like, be proud of your work and, like, oh, don't deviate from it. Right. But it's cool to know that, like, we were also those dudes for the past 10 years. Totally. Yeah, man. And are there, it's like, totally 20s crazy. and 30s,
1: maybe, like, a handful of YouTube videos on, like, weird things that I do and then when I look back on, like, I cringe mm-hmm. a little bit? Mm-hmm. Of course. Like, obviously. Well, right. there
3: wouldn't be really good stuff if there wasn't that other right, stuff. Right, exactly. No one just has, like…
1: But to take ownership over, like, yep, that was me on that one day in July in 2008, I did that. I definitely did that. I'm like, I own that. And that's the
2: thing about Adam's optimism, (laughs) is that he's showed me things that people would tuck away and never, ever share with somebody. Things that are humiliating. I don't mean to embarrass the loved ones in our lives or deceased family members, but at one point... Your grandma asked you to look for a bra throughout New York City for her. Yeah, I
1: had to buy my grandmother, my breast cancer survivor, one-titted
2: grandmother a bra. Awesome. That's correct. And you shared that so happily because it was such a funny <laughs> series of events to try and find this very specific bra Not for my own grandmother. It's
3: such a unique it, thing to begin with sort of a before weird scavenger anything hunt. happens.
2: And it's just Adam's, this is obviously a sad and sensitive time, but his optimism and just general... <laughs> joy makes this sad story so funny. That's yeah, That's sweet. You got to maintain your optimism. And then not only
3: that, but like your grandmother's memory lives on through this, like super happy thing. That's
1: that's
2: (laughs) That's interesting. Good call. Yeah. Oh, Mike. Yeah. yeah. Very good call. Yeah. This is the third act of the no joke podcast. Um, We'd like to remind our listeners to, if you haven't already (laughs) rate review and subscribe on iTunes, it goes a very long way and we've mentioned it before, but it gives us a momentary, fleeting sense of joy. Yeah. The endorphin rush is nice. We love being put on lists.
3: We love lists. It's called New and Noteworthy.
2: New New and and Noteworthy. noteworthy. We've already been New and Noteworthy. Now we want to be iTunes buzzed about. Oh, come on. Hell yeah. Once you get past the iTunes buzzed about, maybe just maybe, You get Editor's Choice. Whoa. Whoa, Editor's Choice? I don't know. That's the
3: one that they're listening to in the office while they pick
2: other podcasts. (laughs) They literally stop and they go, I choose this one. I choose. Are you an editor? It's me, Jeff.
0: (laughs) Jeff the editor? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I choose this. Yeah
2: iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe.
1: <laughs> yes. No joke
2: podcast. It Please. goes a long way.
1: This is a sincere, like, like annoying new media question. But how the hell do? You, how have you been so successful at garnering massive amounts of interactivity with your fans? How do you do it? Uh, how that's can the we? best
3: one, and I get super angry depending on who asks it. If it's somebody like who a second ago didn't give a shit about any of it, right. Or a second ago decided that they wanted. A YouTube channel yeah. or whatever and then they ask you that's like, annoying oh how do I, I've been doing my YouTube channel for two weeks and I noticed that I don't have as many views as you how did you do it <laughs> almost like say like I know you. How could you have possibly done? <laughs> You're a schmuck. I'm my... a schmuck. I'm me. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not you. <laughs> I did do this. I've had this conversation a lot throughout the past 10 years. I um, bet you have. Well, and that's
1: why I feel like a little bit of a douche asking it, but it's no, like, no, we no, want... not at
2: all. I, again, it all It comes depends. from the source. If right. it's a person who wants to just take what Micah's done because they assume it's easy, they, yeah. that's annoying. But yeah, if it's yeah, someone yeah. who's like, hey, I'm just generally curious, what's your story?
3: Hell yeah. yeah. Um, I think a lot of it has been, you know, being transparent and being mm-hmm. honest and always is not being too good to talk to people. Yes. I think was a thing that a lot of people fall into for whatever reason. Yep. If you have a Twitter and if you have a YouTube channel and people are taking time out of their lives to make comments, respond. Answer those comments. <laughs> those are that's what you want.
2: I think that celebrity or I should say popularity, you can go one of two ways, which is I'm starting to achieve this thing where people are holding me up to a slightly higher standard or mm-hmm. saying like you're special. And people can either run away from it and not want to interact with people because that makes them feel more empowered mm-hmm. by being kind of like unattainable or just elite. Yeah, yeah. But makes I feel like an elite as yeah. well. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Whereas I, I, we, Adam and I, have kind of taken your road too, where it's just like it's more interesting to interact. These are the people who are supporting you in the first place and who are saying we like your art and we like your point of view. Yeah. How dare you shut down when they want to reach out? And I can't
3: tell you how much it's like turning on a light. And that person, like, all you want people to do to grow your audience is to to do one thing that one person likes and they will tell a thousand other people. That's You enable somebody to tell a thousand other people when you respond to their stuff mm. or when you show gratitude towards them in a very, like, real, genuine way. Yes,
2: um, a human way.
3: You know, I, I go to Playlist and VidCon, you meet these people from all over the world who do what – you've wanted people to do your whole life and that's to like absorb the things that you make as an artist and like why not like tell those people you appreciate them and try Absolutely. to reward those people so they do that forever.
1: Yeah. It's funny. they it your seem- lifeline. It seems like there's been this like for I think the longest time the sort of preeminent or like you know the sort of conventional wisdom is that we're this ir- millennials were this ironic we have this ironic detachment this is the generation of like you know everything sort of with a wink the onion mm-hmm, and we're also mm-hmm, wry mm-hmm. and clever and sarcastic but I actually feel like that is a bit of a misnomer, and like I think that with this sort of YouTube generation and people whose, sorry again, the vomit rises in my mouth, their brand mm-hmm. becomes their authentic personalities. Um, I feel like it's quite the opposite, and sincerity and your type of sincerity and authenticity, and all, I think that is what Billy and I sort of aspire to. Also, I think that is that is what draws people in. And I actually think that's the appeal of authenticity sure. and sincerity. It's and like, I mean,
3: everyone does different shit. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like saying old oh, YouTubers, if you're a YouTuber, you should do X, Y, and exactly. Z. I Exactly. I still don't consider myself a YouTuber and I've been on the site longer than most people who are on the site now. Interesting. I've been doing it since 2006, which is when it started. And I consider myself an artist. Right. First, because I was doing art well before right. there were websites exactly. about it. Exactly. Um,
2: that's Harvard Sailing Team, too. We did mm-hmm. live shows for five years before we ever made a video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we just realized the power of video, and we got, you know, we just started putting them up, too. But I don't think that we would ever consider ourselves YouTubers as much as a sketch comedy group who films what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It goes a long way, though. What's that mm-hmm. expression... um be yourself because everyone else is already taken. I like that one that's very nice. much. Yeah. I think I've I th- used that before. Yeah. I think that's a pretty pretty spot on quote for uh, yeah. for this yeah. part of the show. I wonder
3: if that's a shitty quote to use.
2: Say again? <laughs> you wonder
3: if that's a shitty quote to use because you're like hey this other guy said this thing and it works out real hard but also be yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Quote yourself because every other quote is already taken.
3: Right. Something <laughs> to yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's, that's totally true. That's the best advice. And yeah. that's, You see so many people, especially uh, younger people who get on YouTube or, or – um, I was going to say stand-up, but I, I have so much more experience in the YouTube world. And you could see when they start out that they're clearly trying to be something else. Right. And you're not going to have it all figured out within your first couple of years or whatever. That's right. why we're playing around with the idea of doing a podcast on starting your voice. I was told as soon as I wanted to be a comedian that it takes 15 years minimum. And I think you could look at the paper trail that is my YouTube stuff and just watch me go from a musician who was kind of funny to finding his voice as a comedian. There you go. And, uh, you know, there's not one path. There's not one thing you have to do, but the best thing you could possibly do to be a brand that you don't throw up when you talk about is to be yourself and to be so comfortable with yourself and to have that professional voice and your personal voice kind of meld into one. Yep. And uh, it's just like kind of what you see is what you get all the time.
2: We heard that same advice about the 10-year plan where don't expect to make any money for your first 10 years harvard sailing team did our first show november 14th 2004 wow. in long island mm-hmm. and on november 14th 2014 we were shooting our pilot for abc family
3: awesome ten same years. night
2: 10 year anniversary that's
3: crazy pretty crazy so it's right? a scientific thing
2: it yeah. is it's science yeah <laughs> it's science all <laughs> that stuff the five second rule like once your food is on the floor for the sixth second it actually goes bad <laughs> yeah it's the same level of science
3: yeah but so now I, everybody's eating butts so yeah. it's like what are we what are we doing
1: you <laughs> exactly. know this okay. is why that
3: doesn't even make any sense. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, not to call out your buddy, uh, uh, Pete Rizzo, our good friend, but do you remember what hilarious thing he once said about
2: the five-second rule? This guy is full of confidence, <laughs> and he's the type of guy who s- says something really confidently, and if you just challenge him, he'll say, really? <laughs> <laughs> Immediately backs down, love you, Riz. A couple love guys are Riz. watching sports one day. He walks into the room. He's got something on his mind, and we're all like, all right, Rizzo's going to say something. Rizzo looks at us, t- takes the attention of the room, and he goes, you guys know what I just learned? And we're like, what's that? And he goes, the five second rule? And we're like, yeah. He's like, and this is a fact? <laughs> and we're like, yeah. He goes, it's actually a 10 second rule. <laughs> You know? Is this
3: on purpose or is this just part of his personality?
2: He believes it until you say no. Riz, and then he goes, oh, yeah, I guess. You're oh, right. shit. Really? But <laughs> he believes it. it was just amazing.
1: He, like this arbitrary fake schoolyard rule is actually this other arbitrary fake schoolyard rule.
2: For yeah, 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 adults. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he can't say, and this is a fact before it. Because in fact <laughs> is. that is not. <laughs> that's so good. Nor yeah. can it be. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, that's so dangerous, man. You can't talk about shit in a matter of fact way if you don't know. Seriously.
2: It goes back to what we're saying.
1: Yeah. Don't fake be an expert. Don't fake an expert on five second rule. No, just no, talk no. experiences. That's right.
3: Also, don't fake be an optimist.
2: There you go. Because I've
3: run into some of those. Go on and that does no good for anyone. You're yep. totally right, Michael. You know the grass is always green, And you just spew shit that you've heard for years yes. but you don't believe it. That yes. doesn't help anybody. You're
2: right. You need to be authentic. That's kind of been a theme of this episode. Authenticity above all. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to be dyspeptic, I'll accept you and respect you if you know that you're just a sour, salty person and you live that way. Yeah. And if you aren't a fake optimist, it's you're going to be so despised. Yeah, mm-hmm. the grass is always greener. Those big, broad quotes. Those aren't going to get you anywhere. It's in the little moments. Mm-hmm. It's in the moments where you miss your jump shot and you're running down court and you are just still smiling and you're still just like, I got. It. And you're just happy. That was my experience with you. Oh, the dude. dude would miss a shot and not get mad at it, and I was like, I'll play with him forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Bottom
3: line, I always felt bad because I like I can't. I think I don't play with other adults enough to like subdue all the shit you know so i'll miss something and i'll be ah fuck right but like towards me and not saying like oh i missed that because we've had some other experiences with that recently yes but um it's like You got you're playing a game. Right. And you're not in a hospital. Right. And you're outside and you're running around and you're like actively getting less fat. Be happy. Like all this good shit is happening. happening, You missed a shot and now you're using your energy and your life to run to the other (laughs) side of the
2: just a real optimistic view on the world of sports Mike hell today. yeah um, that is this episode of the No Joke Podcast I had such a great time thank this you so much for having treat, me treat Mike
1: thanks for coming on bud
2: and yeah. uh, great luck on your tour thank yes. you very much once again guys if you are in the northeast part of the United States of America <laughs> go on the app Mike Falzone Falzon app yeah and uh, check it out for the No Joke Podcast I am Billy Scafuri I'm Adam Lustig and our guest today was Mike Falzone a wonderful wonderful man truly we will talk to you next week thanks for listening